This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're back in West London at the George the Fourth pub, Chiswick High Road. This is one of our old haunts. We used to come here all the time last season, come here loads and loads. Every week we used to come down here because they treated us very, very well. And remember it now because when we come here, it is always open mic night. And tonight we come here again and you can hear the guitar playing, you can hear the singers wailing, and you can hear us, we're locked in the back here trying to get away from it all. But no, it's all good here actually, it's a wicked, wicked vibe, very, very busy. And uh, if we finish up early tonight, we actually might go downstairs and have another little sing-song, because we had a a good old sing-song at Saturday at Borough. Some people might have liked it, some people didn't like it, but you have to put it into context, because if you were there, it was a right good old laugh. Anyway, but anyway, I'm Billy Grant. And I'm here at the George the Fourth pub, wicked pub as we say, and um, as I said, open mic night and open mic day today because apparently Theresa May had an open mic today at the Tory party conference. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cough actually. Um, and as we say, this is the Isotted Ride of West London podcast. A couple of letters have just fallen down behind us there as well, like you know what I'm saying. And Dave, I mean, there's I don't know how to deliver this to you, mate, but um, I just have to I just have to let you know that this is uh, it's going to be your last podcast today, mate. I'm delivering your your P45. You're off. You're out of here, mate. You know it's it's all over. Um, um, liberal told me to say it though. Liberal, liberal told me to do it. Best, best news, best news I've had all week. I must, <coughs> must admit, must admit, mate. Um, hope this, hopefully this this cough will go before my little run. I've got a, doing a half marathon on um, Sunday for the um, Brentford Community Sports Trust. So doing uh, the Royal Parks half, which starts and finishes in High Park and goes through St James's and um, where's the other one? A couple of other parks. Regions? Regions, just the other one, yeah. Um, so yeah, so just yeah, looking forward to that, looking forward to finishing it, I have to admit. But uh, yeah, so I thought, uh, no, what, what better way to warm up for a, for a half marathon than having four or five pints tonight? 
<laughs> four or five pints is that all so listen you know, we're looking forward to it as well and uh, I think on the Sorted website or maybe on Twitter or somewhere else like that you could also sponsor Laney who's going to be running his heart out for Brentford Community Trust and you should tuck right in as they say we've got the Allard here today the Allard is back again from a, a little trip over to Mexico he's done the old Mexican thing and we're very very disappointed because well let's say disappointed because obviously there's reasons why he couldn't actually uh, go and see any football out there but he came back and said oh, I couldn't see any football out there Bill for, uh, for reasons which uh, well you'll tell us about yeah, I think, I think I mean, I, my Spanish isn't the best, but um, there were um, a number of home games in whatever the top league's called um, in Mexico City planned to be on the Tuesday night um, that I think we got in on the, the Monday. Um, but those games got um, moved to away games because I, from, from what I understand, they're using the stadiums for, um, for relief. I think... Um, from the earthquake that happened there two, t- uh, a couple of weeks ago, so putting the stadiums, I suppose, to good use and um, and at least helping the you know the local population. Indeed, indeed. So listen, it's uh, international week this week, as we say, and we've got England game on Thursday, which I'll be going to as well. So I've got a couple of tickets for that, and, and uh, there's going to be a, true, a train strike I think on Thursday. So there's going to be a bit of struggling going on. So I think a lot of people probably change their plans, and all of a sudden I've got. A few more tickets come my way as well. Even a couple of corporate tickets and everything like that as well. But I ain't doing the corporate thing. I'm doing the thing standing with the characters behind the goal. So I'll be up there. So England on Thursday, if they win, they're going to qualify for Russia, which will be an interesting uh, decision will have to be made. It's almost like all my mates, all the characters they've been to, all the tournaments, they're in Malta, they're in Germany, they've been everywhere. But no one has made a decision on going to Russia because no one wants to make a decision until the actual qualification is had then all of a sudden they'll be forced to do it so no one's said anything about that at all so that's going to be really interesting what happens on Thursday if England win in the pub Nibis after the game <coughs> so we got that as well and also uh, non-league day on Saturday which is non-league day which is a day that fans can because the teams aren't playing if you're in the championship or the Premier League so you can go off and you can support non-league football so uh, we always tell people go out there and catch a game go and catch non-league football so uh, we were having a little peep around and uh, for all the games in and around Brentford it's not great for non-league football is it the Allard? No it's a bit unfortunate actually um, Hampton are certainly away Staines are away I think Slough are at home from what I thought w- Wilston were away I think I think Wilston are at home I think oh are they ok um so that you know, that's maybe one option. I I, I've, I really like non-league day. Um, I've supported it. I don't know when did it start? Five or six years ago, probably now, maybe even a bit more. Um, it, it. Do you know what? I always I always prefer it when it falls on an FA Cup sort of second, first or second qualifying round weekend where it really does open up the options to go and you know go and see some some local club that you may not you know you may you, you may not have considered seeing before or, or even going to see your local club playing away at some club you never considered going before it's a great it's a great weekend if you can get down and, and find a game to go to um, make the effort you'll be surprised about um, non-league football because uh, you know obviously the quality is not there but actually everything else about it is the same the passion's there the supporters are there and um, and in some respects it's quite a lot of fun especially the grounds where you can um, take a have a pint standing there watching the game which actually you can't do if it's an FA Cup game so uh, you know so maybe that's a good reason it's league games Um, but but yeah make the effort if you can Um, I I know Brentford supporters are spread wide and far so um, have a look 
see what you I'm sure there's a website I, I'm going to look it up actually in the next couple of minutes when I come back to you where you can look it up and see um, where your nearest non-league game is that's right That's right. and for me um, I mean I normally go to Dulwich Hamlet as people know out there because it's an absolute right laugh thing from the beginning to the end But and they're at home to Needham Market and I've been to Needham Market it's actually further than Ipswich I went to an away game there once but um, they're playing at home to Needham Market, the Hamlet, but I'm not going. But the thing that I do know, there's a few uh, bees out there who who seem to be sort of kind of non-league converting. They go down there for a laugh. So I know Jake for a start is going down there, and also a few other the bees that I've met down at well down at the Hamlet. They'll be down there on Saturday. They'll probably have a crowd of about probably close on 2,000 there on Saturday as well. So that is actually a good laugh if you want to go down there, Laney. I'm I'm going to Barrow on um, on Saturday to see my favourite non-league team, Lane Orient. They're um <laughs> they're, they're they're at Barrow. Okay. Oh, okay. Fair, fair enough. It's, it's... Yeah, so the, the website, um, I mean, to be honest, just Google non-league day and it'll come up. But nonleagueday.co.uk, um, there's a find a match. Click on that, stick your postcode in and it'll find you your, near, your nearest games. Make the effort. That's right. And then, sorry, there's a bit of coughing going on there as well. And that's because you're taking the podium. And notice that you only cough when you take the podium. I mean, it's like bad timing as it is. But listen, on Saturday week, i just got to mention this as well, Bobby Booker. Brentford legend from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. He's actually going to be with us in the boozer, um, talking totally unfiltered. Bobby Booker unfiltered as he is, so he's going to be saying it as it is. In the boozer, get down there, go onto the Besotted website and click on the banner there and you will be able to get hold of tickets. They're free tickets, but they're very limited. Um, not quite a lot of them are gone already, so you need to get on there pretty pronto. It's in the boozer, 12 o'clock before the Millwall game. He's going to be meeting and greeting, chatting to people, having a bit of a laugh. There'll be some beers involved. Some, I think some Pribe and Filtered will be there for a start as well, so people could tuck into that. And on top of that, Bobby Bilker was to be telling us stories that you've never heard and they'll make you laugh. And that's before the game. He'll sign his book. And he'll be signing his book as well, Ooh Bob Booker. It's the Ooh story of Bob Booker. So he'll be signing his book if you want to get a copy of the book there as well. So it's going to be a bit of a good day and it's a freebie. And hey ho, listen, you know, just adding to the entertainment on match day for Bees fans. So there's nothing really to lose there. So that's all good. And intro as well. As we say, there's just one other thing we want to talk about. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago we just talked about, you know, listen, if you like our podcast, don't forget to just press that button and review us and say, give us a big thumbs up because apparently there's an algorithm, you know, it wasn't written by Smart Odds, it was written by somebody in iTunes apparently and it goes up in the, in the listings and, it, and more people hear us and more people would love our podcast. So listen, but what we like to say is that since we've said that, even more people have gone and reviewed us. So we, you know, we, we've got to give you a shout out. So on the iTunes, if you go there and review us, we'll give you a shout out if we, if we see it, that is of course. But you know, so we begged a review um, a couple of weeks ago and we, we got some more. So, Big up to the Mersey B out there who can't get to games and he's very, very happy. Greville Waterman as well, of course. Stu1889 as well. And Old Mead. Thank you very much, listen, for bigging us up out there. So we love to we beg to review and we got we got more. We got loads more as well. But interesting because we're talking about reviews. I mean some reviews come in that you think that's cool. Listen, we're quite happy with a bit of you know, a bit of conversation, you know, positive, negative. We will discuss with people things that we're happy with, that we're not happy with. Some people may agree with us, some people may not agree with us. This is the whole point of conversation. But to us, 
as long as people can converse with you and put together a good point, it, it makes a great debate. And we're all up for great debate. And that's why we always try to get people on the podcast here. You, you don't have to necessarily agree with us. We, we don't even agree ourselves half the time, you know what I'm saying? But you sit down there and you have a great debate. There's a fine line between great debate and also just basically out-and-out out abuse. Lack you know? of manners. Lack of manners, as they say. So it's quite interesting because there was a review last week and it was on the podcast which was uh, the podcast I think it was last week's podcast yeah, yeah. last week's podcast which had myself um, Dave um, the Liberal and, uh, and and Lord Lucan as well so there's the four of us on the podcast and uh, if anyone checks the comments on the Besotted website um, this is very interesting the Besotted website this is character called Boru now we thought should we ignore or should we not ignore him but we thought this comment was so dark we just got to talk about it because it did make us laugh. So, Boru, he, he, we've got to say, he's not a very happy person, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like everything in his life is a bit dark and a little bit moody. So everything that he writes is just a little bit kind of dark and moody and angry. Like, you know, now, people are allowed to be angry. People are allowed to do what they want to. But, but he went in big time on this one. So he listened to last week's podcast. Oh, oh, sorry, there's a bit of coughing going on there. You've obviously taken the pedestal, you know, you've taken the podium there. So Boru's con and last week after last week pod- podcast. Who is this moronic dog shit dreck Dave? Driveling and yapping in the podcast, revolting knuckle dragging twerp. <laughs> the liberal is the only one who ever talks in a coherent and thoughtful manner. Makes good points. The rest are regurgitating cliches repeated in every barroom ramble. Is it a good idea? having so-called discussion when 75% of the crew are half pissed. Probably not. So, um... <laughs> so, if Dogshit Dave gets first, first, first refusal on this one, um, it, it made me really laugh. Um, it's almost like my work, my work on Earth has been done now. Um, it's not, it's not 75%, it's, it's normally 100% of us are pissed. Um, driveling, knuckle-dragging, it's, it's brilliant. So, uh, thank you for that. Uh, to be fair, when you came in the pub today, I mean, your knuckles bleeding. were... Yeah, your knuckles were bleeding and they were dragging on the floor, though. Yeah, they were. Um, at least we flushed out Nick. I think this does seem to be like it's liberal Nick. Because, I mean, it's the only it's the only time Nick's had fan mail. <laughs> it's true, actually. We did, we did, actually. When we saw him on Saturday, we would say to him, you've been, you've been writing your own comments on the website, haven't you, under, under different pseudonyms, didn't you, liberal? He was like going, oh, no. Wasn't, he looked at it and he sort of smiled and he obviously recognised, the, the, not the handwriting, but the typing style, didn't he? Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm, I... I it, 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 it almost looks like an insider's work, doesn't it? Apart from the, the, the only thing that maybe suggests it's not Nick is, is he spelled liberal with um, with a small L. <laughs> so listen, um, like I said, comments good or bad, positive or negative. But we just had to. We were going to ignore the borrow, but the fact is that he's obviously just very, very unhappy. So we thought that maybe if we mention him, and especially the knuckle dragger, sort of kind of acknowledges that he knows that he exists. He might feel a bit better. Look, you know, 
at least we're being listened to. That's that's the thing. As you say, good or bad, not not you know we, we do speak some nonsense now and again. Not, not everything we say is 100% factually correct, or it, or it's you know we sh- we shoot from the hip and it's very emotional and it's just like it's what we think. Um, and it's a laugh. It, it is a laugh. Yeah, we, we do this to enjoy ourselves. It, it, it isn't to, it isn't just to be kind of like really straight and really kind of like you know um, regimental. But you know the, the viewing figures or the view, the listening figures suggest that a lot of people and, and, the, and the comments that we're getting, a lot of people enjoy it. You know, um, I, you know, I would say don't listen, but I, I, I would say do listen. And um, I'm sure if you're if he's honest with himself, you know, m- most of what we say rings fairly true. And occasionally we, we do talk we do talk rubbish. Your, your, your don't listen sounded a bit like Nick last week. Don't come to the to, no, to no, the no, games. No, Never say that. Always come to Brentford. Always listen to the, the podcast. Um, if you don't agree with us, come on. You know that's that's the thing. We we're not insular. We always say if you don't agree with us, come on. It's, it's very always surprising how little bottle people have got um, or the little confidence they've got. They're happy to be internet warriors or internet trolls or write it. Um, but you ask them to um, articulate it. Um, not many, not many people can. So you know, we talk, we talk for two hours on a on a on a Wednesday night. We're not gonna, we're not gonna say everything that's a hundred percent sort of audible. So um, you know, come and join us, Borry. And, then, and, and as Dave says, and that's very true, we've always put an invite out. We've said to people, whoever wants to come on the podcast, you're welcome to come on the podcast. We go on the pub every Wednesday night. Seven, we get here about 7 o'clock. We leave about 11.30, right, which is really great. We drink beer all evening. We have a right laugh. We talk about Brentford. We talk a lot, a, quite a bit, little bit on, on air. We talk a lot off air as well. And to be quite honest with you, it is very, very enjoyable. Even our, even what some would consider to be our nemesis or our, our enemies in... in inverted commas we've invited on you know we, I don't think there's anyone that's kind of got an alternative opinion to us that we've not invited they've all refused or they all said no which I think is a little bit narrow minded because at least as you said at least you can get that debate unless you know that's how that's how you make friends and that's how you that's how you kind of you find some common ground and it's how you bash out what's really going on so um, you know you can, you can stick your head in the sand and, and, and be entrenched in a position but sometimes it's better to be you know just to talk and also the other again we've said this before it's much for us it's much easier to express your opinion in having a, a discourse, having a conversation over an hour and a half or two hours than trying to do it in 140 characters and just keep doing 140 characters because you can't, you can get your point of view across to a certain extent but it just certain times comes over the wrong way, you can't get your point of view across and also you don't get the same to and fro that you can do somebody. Listen, it's all about debate and the fact is that you can actually learn something from somebody. I've, I've spoke to people and i said this beforehand that I didn't agree with, sat down and talked with them for an hour and all of a sudden you sit down and you think, actually, tell you something, you've got a point of view there, and that's what it's all about. But anyway, no more preaching. It's not preaching, but it's just talking about it. Boru, thank you for actually kind of extending our intro because there's no football this week, so uh, we've, we've got other things to talk about. So you've actually made us talk about this issue about trying to get more people on on this podcast and, and uh, on, a, on a Wednesday evening and have a bit of a laugh with us and we'll get you some beers. Anyway, let's go back to Saturday. Saturday was a game where... Like Groundhog Day, innit? We should have won. Yeah, again. 100% we should have won, but we didn't win. We played very well. We scored two goals. We made a couple of defensive errors. The referee had a bit of a, a bit of a fluffer as well. A couple of penalties that we maybe we should have had. 
but I reckon there's a couple of penalties that maybe they should have had as well but that's not the point the point is at the end of the game we should have won it and again if you listen to every single Borough fan that we've talked on on the podcast on video everything like that turn around and say we got away scot-free in that game forget about us talking about it let's go back to the fans listen to what they had to say after the match in the pub Concerning, I think the goals were a bit soft, but I'll take the point. I would at the start of the day, and I'll take it now. 2 2 is a good result. I think these will be there and bounce come the end of the season. I think this Borough team's a lot worse than the teams that we played in the past. And during the game, I would have taken a win, but coming here, I would have taken a point. So it's half full instead of half empty. Anyone on paper you'd think Middlesbrough would win, but we've come up here, we've literally smashed out of them, we've, we've just been all over the place, just absolutely up and down the pitch. Today. The one thing I want to really have a go about, Bill, is the standard of refereeing in the Championship. Today, it was, it was another disgraceful performance. There was, clear, there was a clear penalty shout for us, one that was, you know, 60-40 in our favour, and Middlesbrough player goes down the other end, falls over in the box, doesn't even get a yellow card. It's very difficult for a team, you know, who are playing good football to also play 12 men, and in the last two games, we have seen referees who really are not fit to, 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 to put in the championship. Now, I'm not going to say that we would have won the game on Tuesday nor the game today had it been for the refereeing decision. But really, the championship is meant to be the toughest division in, in, this, the toughest division in this country, indeed, if not in Europe, to get out of. And when you haven't got a quality of referees to go on, there's going to be some problem about it. Brentford played well, I mean... It's, you know, and um, they, you keep the ball very well. You, you move it, uh, move it about quickly. Yeah, I, I will say that we went at our best. But was that down to us, or was it down, down to the fact that Brentford put us under pressure, closed us down quickly, capitalised on the mistakes that we made? Um, so, so yeah, you're right. I mean, um, it's always the home fans complained that uh, we didn't play well so it made you look better but Brentford deserved the point I was happy with the point we're going with the point we thought we should have got three points well uh, yeah okay okay I won't I won't agree with that but yeah okay you can have that it was a desperate performance by Middlesbrough a desperate atmosphere when frustration was mounting players were playing, couldn't put a pass together, and then the confidence goes and everyone gets on the back, so really it was all there for Brentford to take advantage of it. As you said about the, the Riverside, I, I really, really enjoy going to Griffin Park and going to Brentford. Um, I don't fancy it when you move your ground because it's, it's, it, I've only really sort of become accustomed to it in the last few years, but a really good atmosphere. And 15 minutes down the road, so really yeah, walk. Okay then. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, for me it's like a village in London. And, 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 and it has all that sort of close-knit community. And I'm really, really pleased that you enjoyed the market and you enjoyed the atmosphere. And I'm, I'm, I'm good on you for spreading the word. I was really disappointed with what Middlesbrough did. I was really impressed with Brentford. And, and I'll be honest, really surprised. You came and you played better football than us. And you look at the squads and you look at the teams and you would have expected Middlesbrough to be absolutely on top. But you played better football than us on the day. What did you think of Brentford? Very good. The 
should have won. Should have won. Why didn't we win? I would. I would say. Our, no, no, our, the fact that we have so much, so much quality, we were lucky today. But when you have that many, as many good players as we do, sometimes you get a lucky, a lucky result. And when it, when it mattered, we put the ball in the back of the net twice. For me, for me, we didn't deserve, we didn't deserve a point. So there you have it, the fans, the Borough fans, and the Brentford fans after the game. In the street, in the bars, we're all over the place. Wherever we went to, everyone said Brentford deserved to win. Now, the fact is that you listen to this podcast week in and week out, and it's not like new to us. It's like Groundhog Day, as we say. We hear this every single week that we should have, we should have, could have, should have, would have, but we didn't win the game. The positives is that we're playing decent football and everyone's recognising it and everyone keeps on saying, tell you something, if you carry on playing like that, you'll be all right. I remember the last time, actually... I remember the, the, the first time in this division that someone said that to me, actually, is at the start of the division when we had a sort of slightly ropey start and we played Brighton. And after we played Brighton, you know, no, we played Brighton. We played Brighton at the very beginning of the season um, in, the, in September and we played Brighton at home. And after we played Brighton, if I remember rightly, I think we might have beaten them or it might have been a draw. I can't remember what the score was, anything like that. We thought, all right. And the Brighton fans came up to me and they said, you guys were absolutely brilliant today. We're like, yeah, we're all right. They said to me, if you carry on playing like that, you're going to be in the playoffs. And I just laughed and said, yeah, right. They said, no, trust me, mate, we've been in this division for, for a while now. And the, the football that you're playing is absolutely fantastic. So you've got to kind of take a bit of bit credence from your fellow fans. This ain't pundits out there. These ain't people who have seen the highlights on Sky. These are people that watch the football. So they're coming up to us and saying they play decent football. So we're talking about this patience thing. You know, we've got to have a bit of patience. But, you know... Let's come back to Borough, because what happens is that when you've got a season which is turning out to be a bit of a mediocre season on paper, you end up going to the away day. At the end of the day, why the hell would just 300, was it 332 fans travel from London to Middlesbrough, you know, when your team is doing how they're doing? At the end of the day, it's about the last and the away day. And you've already heard us talk about it on that pod. We talk about it everywhere. Middlesbrough is one of the number one away days, 100%. A lot of people don't go on it because they don't necessarily buy the tickets in advance because they're not sure how the team's going to be doing. But I mean, for us, as soon as the Middlesbrough game comes up, we click that button straight away because we've been up there four times now and Middlesbrough never, ever fails to impress and give us jokes. And this time was the same again. We went up to Borough and we had such a laugh. The journey up was great. We turned up in Middlesbrough at 11 o'clock. We went down to the Orange Pit Market, which is a market a sort of street kind of food stalls and beer stalls all the bars are open everyone's in the street drinking we were the very first people there pretty much you know there's bands playing we turned up in borough and it was fantastic it's really great everyone's really friendly everyone's really really honest as well they come and chat to you and 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 it's just a really warm feeling and when you go to football some people, I know we said this, some people don't like it, but some people do. And I like the fact that you go somewhere and people have a little bit of respect for you that you are a Brentford fan coming up there, having a bit of a laugh, enjoying their town. They love the fact that we, that we enjoy their town because most people turn around and say, we hate this place, it's horrible. If you turn around and give people a little bit of respect with some manners, you get the manners back as well. And Borough is a wicked away day. Dave, do you have a good day? I had a fantastic day and um, I think something you said afterwards, lads on our WhatsApp ring, lads, forget about the best away day of the season <clears throat> we've already had it and um, you're probably right I think Preston's up there as well but 
Borough. Um, I think we'll be going back then when we play Sunderland just to get another fix. Uh, you're also right in the fact that it's getting a bit groundhog. Although it's the best result we've had at um, Borough. Uh, we didn't we didn't lose this time. Uh, we played very very well, and you know I, I agree. You do get a little tired of listening to people saying how good you are and and you know not winning, and you always think well. You know, if we'd have won, they wouldn't have said we were as good, probably. You know, it's, it's almost like a, you, sometimes you feel like they're just saying the right thing, but not there. You know, they, they're very knowledgeable fans. And I think the, one of the highlights of the day for me was speaking to the old boy. If you've seen the besotted video, um, I've also cut it down to a, to a clip as well. But there's, a, there's an old Middlesbrough fan. Um, he, he came, in fact, he came down to Brentford to watch Borough play in 1947, which kind of gives you a fix on how old he is. So that was 70, 70 years ago. Um, so he was probably 20 then. So he, he was not, at least 90. And he was the most gracious, gentlemanly, um, knowledgeable um, Borough fan I, I think anyone could ever meet. So um, if, head to our YouTube or head to our Twitter feed and you'll see the link to it. Um, but yeah, overall, an, an amazing day out. <coughs> we should have won. But... We'll, his we'll, name, we'll his name is Mr. Bolton's was his name as well. Mr. He's like quite, quite a famous um, old um, Borough fan. All my, my Borough mates as well, when they came to me, because, oh, you've got an interview with Mr. Bolton. He's a legend. He's a legend. OK, well, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so go and, go and listen to Mr. Bolton, um, and I, I, hopefully I'll, I'll see him again. In fact, I might, I might speak to the club to see if they can invite him down to the, uh, the Brentford game. So it's 70 years ago since he, he came to Griffin Park. He's probably been, well, he might not have been since. We haven't played him that often. So um, it'd be nice if he was uh, made um, an official guest on that day. Indeed, the Allard, listen, I mean, this game, I said, ground of day, like I said to you, you've been in Mexico, so sometimes you don't get the ground, you get the ground of day from afar but there's things like you know we thought this game and if you wanted to take five points out of this game you say there's the groundhog day here we go again you know we deserved a point you know more than a point against Middlesbrough we didn't get it we are better than them over 90 minutes you know a lack of cutting edge in both boxes we missed chances unable to clear our lines on two occasions we were punished I mean Middlesbrough I don't think did Middlesbrough have any more than two chances I mean they had two chances I think they had two chances they scored two chances didn't they they, they did have a fair bit of pressure um, at, the, at the beginning <coughs> um, but um, <coughs> um, you've been made um, so yeah I, I, no they didn't they, they didn't really have like a huge amount of chances they, they were they were wasteful there was a, there was a, few, a couple of very wide shots uh, they just didn't. They just didn't click. They just didn't get into gear, which allowed us to take the game to them. And I just thought there were some very, very positive performances all around the pitch by Brentford players. I mean, there's, there's some people are turning around and saying that we shouldn't moan at the referee. We shouldn't blame the referee because at the end of the day, it's for us to score the goals. And okay, we should have got a penalty, but these things kind of swinging roundabouts. But the referee was particularly rubbish on Saturday, the Allard. And, um, you know, it it, it does kind of... If you're in a situation like this when you want to get a win, it it can affect things as well, though, can't it? Yeah, I mean, you you sometimes... (coughs) Sorry. You sometimes need things to go to go for you um, and and when they're stacked up going against you the last thing you need is a referee that doesn't go for you I mean I, I'll be honest I kind of take the referee thing with a bit of a pinch of salt I I get that the referees can be rubbish I'm not sure they're particularly rubbish against us I'm sure it evens itself out and um, I, there'll be as many fans you know coming to Brentford um, this season that'll be saying the referees rubbish as, as there are us I think it's just a you know a general thing um, 
but maybe when your confidence is down, you sort of, you know, you you, you, you react against it a bit more. And then when he does give away, you know, a free kick or, or whatever, you know, you, you as a supporter, I know you do it, and maybe it affects you too mentally as a player. Um, and you and, and you potentially switch off, right? You know, and spend too much time worrying about him giving the giving the the free kick or whatever. So I, I think it's one of those things that you just have to kind of live with because my experience is the more you react against referees, um, it, you know, it doesn't. It's not going to change the result of a game. Um, they don't change their decisions during a game. Um, so the easiest thing is is to sort of go along with it and not feel not not feel hard done by. It's just it's just my, my sort of view. I I get. I, I mean, I you know we, you do get the odd referee that's actually shit, but I, I generally think it probably evens itself out. So I'd probably move on to the next point. Uh, it's interesting because also after the game, Laney spoke to Dean Smith. And Dee Smith spoke to him and told him the fact that um, the referee refused to shake his hand. The question we've obviously got to ask is, uh, what do you think Dean Smith said to the referee to make him not shake his hand? He probably had a, some sort of Boru-like rant at him, maybe. Maybe he said he was dog shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Dragging his knuckles, maybe? Dragging, they called him a knuckle dragger. Uh, uh, at, least the, at least the referee evened it out by not giving... Borough a penalty towards the end, you know. I, I think, you know, to, to be fair, so it doesn't sound like we're just whing, whinging away fans. He, we, I thought we had two shouts for a penalty, and I think they had one very valid shout towards the end. And at the very least, that, you know, I'm glad the referee didn't wave ours away, but then give out, give them theirs towards, at the end, and give them the win. So I've seen that before. I've seen, I've, I've seen you know, sometimes when you feel like you've really been sort of like you've seen injustice. It's, it's actually caused us to, to lose. At least he didn't go that far. Yeah, and, and also um, we uh, we have a bit of an issue this season as well, which we've you know, which we had a couple of seasons ago. Our injuries seem to be piling up now. Unfortunately, and the first thing we're just saying, we really wish him a very very speedy recovery. Rico Henry um, was out with a, a very 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 bad knee injury, um, from what we can gather. Um, it looks like he's going to have to have his whole knee reconstructed which doesn't sound too great at all, um, which is really bad news. Um, we saw him go down the stretch that came down, and uh, there, was a, there was, I think, there was, about five, there was quite a lot of injury time towards the end of the first half, if I remember rightly, as well. I think it was the first half. Um, but, yeah, so Rico Henry's out, which is our left back. Obviously, um, we, 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 we're, we're slightly, not say lacking in the left back department, but it's like we haven't got as many left backs as we've got um, centre or, or mid- midfielders, you know. So we're, we've got a little bit of a little bit of a scenario there as well, because also not only that, but we've also got injuries in the centre back department as well. Um, you know, we had a few problems there as well because our centre backs who normally go left back are actually playing. I was playing centre back, or they're being injured as well, like you know. So we got Barbe who's playing the centre back, and then we've got Bieland who sometimes plays left back, who's actually been injured so far. So we've got a few little issues on the injury front as well. But what is interesting is we had to bring in because we kind of had no choice. Chris Meppham, who's been graduated up to the first team, and Chris Meppham made his first start for Brentford on Saturday. And personally, I thought he coped admirably. I thought he played really well. And a lot of people making comments going, bloody hell, Meppham's having a good game, isn't he? And he did. He was, you know, he was commanding. You know, he had very, very, he had players. He was, you know, had to keep out players who were on, you know, 30, 40, you know, some longer, 30, 40 grand a week and, and big money players. And he, and he did very well. And you could see he put a tweet out after the game saying how 
how buzzed he was for playing, you know, making his debut. And for him, that's a big, big up for him. And that's a good and interesting scenario. And um, we, we'll, we'll talk about the implications about that in, in a minute. But Laney, I mean, the Mepham, he did all right, didn't he? Yeah, he did more than all right. You know, I think it's always your dread when you when you put a, a, like a rookie in that you're going to have an absolute nightmare. There's, there's, there's one or two occasions, and I can look back and uh, players, I'm not even going to name them, but they, they've put in. And if you can get through that, it's only going to get better. Actually, I will name one of them, Keith Millen. Keith Millen had a terrible, terrible time. He was, he was, you know, he was almost like ridiculed. As, but he became, and and on Matt will talk about Keith Millen. Out of all the players that played in the, you know, the in the late eighties or mid mid eighties like into the nineties, I know Matt said several times that Millen he thinks would would hold his own in in, in today. You know, he was a passing athletic player. Um, he wasn't he wasn't all sort of aerial brawn like Terry Evans was. So you know, um, so the, the best thing that Mepham, that happened to Mepham was that he wasn't culpable for any mistakes. He came through that. Um, uh, he had he had a proper shot in the arm, and you know, I know I wish him all the best going forward as well. Uh, yeah, um, talk about uh, Mepham first, and. Um, I, I think, to be honest, when you think that he's, you know, when he played in the Cup just a week and a half ago, whenever it was, um, when you think how difficult that that game was, you know, when he gave away the penalty... Um, Against Norwich, you're talking about in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah in the League Cup. Um, when, when he gave away that penalty, and, and, you know, you sort of think that there was a point there where I thought, blimey, this is our fourth centre-back. Um, he's probably going to play some first-team games. And 15 minutes into the game, he looks like he... You know, potentially, there's potential for him to become a liability. But you know what? Since that moment, he's turned it round, and um, and and I can't really think of a harder um, debut league game than to go away to Middlesbrough, who we haven't had a uh, you know we've not had a result against in however many years, um, and and to go there and do a great job. Um, so you know, fair play to him, and you know, I, I maybe we've got one there. From a Brentford point of view, do you believe this is, and I'm going to create a phrase of my own here, a Mawsonism, a Mawsonism, you know what I'm saying? What I call a Mawsonism is uh, Phil Giles talked a couple of months ago about Alfie Mawson and the fact that, at the end of the day, that is probably a mistake that we had made. Beforehand, Brentford were like, mm, not sure, not sure, but now they look at it and you think, the amount of centre-backs that we've been through and we've tried and we've done this and that and the other, and you look at Alfie Mawson, Alfie Mawson basically was like our fourth or fifth play centre-back, but he's accelerated in his development much quicker than a, a lot of the players that we thought were better than him, basically. Listen, this, these things happen. So, you know, we're talking about Holly Dean. He's accelerated faster than Holly Dean did. Obviously, Tony Craig was on his way down, so that doesn't quite count. O'Connell, he's accelerated faster than O'Connell. We had that other Liam French... Moore. We had, um, Liam Moore. Well, Liam Moore sort of... Yeah, um, we've got the, the, the other French guy, not, not Barbe, but the other one as well, remember? Um, we had a, the other French guy who, who came in as well, who was above him, remember? He was in the week... Um, come on, you Brentford video yeah, as well. Um, I, I can't, can't even, yeah, exactly. You can't even remember who he was. So he was a bit of him as well. And Alfie Morrison's behind. So what's happened is that his development has accelerated faster than them. And, uh, Laurent Garnier. Garnier, yeah, yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but, but so what, what is interesting is that obviously um, he wouldn't have been given the opportunity to do that because the belief was that there were players who were more senior and better than him, than that. So he's had to go elsewhere to do that. Now, is it a case that Brentford have realised this and they're thinking, tell you something, 
we think that Alfie Mawson, um, Alfie Mawson, or Chris Meppham, there's something there. And if there's a chance to throw him in, this season, we ain't going anywhere. So maybe this is the opportunity to get him blooded in so that we can do a Mawsonism on him. You know, they're the chances you have to take because if we hadn't have sold Harley Dean and a lot of people were against it, then Meppham doesn't play because we've got another fit centre-back. Then when does he play? And, you know, it is so difficult getting the balance right as to when you bring the youngsters into the first team and give them first-team experience. The loan system has become, I would say, and we may talk about this shortly if we talk about, you know, the, the, the Rika Henry situation. The loan system has, has, has now been brought in to really work against us. Um, so, I, you know, you, sometimes you have to take a chance. You have to give these players a go. Um, and maybe if we'd have given Mawson a go, maybe if we hadn't have got players in on loan, I'm sure Moore came in on loan at some point, that was the point I was trying to make, when Mawson was at the club, maybe we would have seen him, you know, um, come through at Brentford. But, um, you know, and people people might not want to see Mepham, you know, may have gone into panic mode seeing him play, but I, I, I still think we're, we, you know, unfortunately, 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 depends on how you look at it, we are a club that, that you know, will we'll need to... To, to, to bring these players through in that way which may appear risky at times and, 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 and it may not necessarily be a club that is shooting for the top two as some people think we should be but that, that, you know, that, that's potentially our future but if, any time, if there's any time to do it it's going to be this season because the fact is that you know, if we actually even make the playoffs now we'll be doing very well so at the end of the day like we're, we're shooting at we're shooting at mid-table so is, is it time to blow these players yeah well we are shooting at mid-table but, but Bill the, the, the pressure's on because when we, you know we're, we're sitting in around the bottom three at the moment so so I wouldn't say it was an ideal time to blood these players the ideal time is at the end of the season when you're safe in mid-table you've got nothing to play for and, and, we're, and we're nowhere near there but if you don't if you don't give them these, these opportunities you don't learn about them and um and, you know, maybe maybe we've uh, made a good decision on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, been, said several, it's been said several times, really, isn't it, that the only way that you can make changes or improve or bring in new players is if, the, if, you, if you let players go. So, um, you know, but whatever way it happens, whether you sell them or whether, whether they, you know, they get injured, that's the only way opportunity happens. In the same way that, you know, we've got Chatsy Fioridis, you know, he's obviously going to, we'll talk about him in a minute, um, he's obviously going to get his chance now. Um, so, so Mepham gets his chance in the, in, in the same way that Mawson didn't. So, you know, and I, I don't want this to sound wrong, but, you know, last time... Harley renewed his contract two years ago was the time where Mawson was knocking on the door. If if Harley had gone then, maybe Mawson would have got his chance then, and you know we would have we would have avoided sort of seeing him go. But you know I still don't necessarily think that you know we we see we still received a million quid for. For, for Mawson which you know considering that at the time it didn't suit us to give him his, his chance it wasn't a wasted chance we couldn't we couldn't stand in the guy's way you know if he felt he was good and his agent thought he was good and another team wanted to come in for him then you know that, that's the way it goes um, we still we still didn't get nothing for him and, and what I will say and again is and it's interesting because uh, obviously B team played Rangers recently B team have been you know, they've developed a lot over the last, well, couple of, well, last year, um, the B team. And, and the, there's the difference between the B team and now. And obviously you've seen players like 
Archibald has come through into the into the first team. You've seen um, um, uh, Elias come through into the first team. You've seen Mepham come through into the first team. Now, you wonder what would have happened. I mean, I know it's like gooda, shoulda, woulda again. But what would have happened if we actually had more of a B team set up with more of a focus on this path to the first team? Um, when um, Alfie Mawson was in the side than, than we do now. You know what I'm saying? Because now, like they've said, we recognise where you are. They train with the first team. And, and if you saw Ro- Ro- Rowan recently, he did it, and, and I'll pull it up in a little bit recently, but he, they put out a, a really interesting um, statometer there saying how many hours the players have played or how many sessions the B-team players have played with the first team, how many starts they've had with the first team and all this kind of stuff, like, you know, which is interesting. And it was actually goes to show you that the integration is there. And uh, obviously that was something that didn't quite happen last time. It's probably a little bit hit and miss. So the interesting thing is that what I'm just saying is that they're obviously looking at making sure that we don't miss out on the next Alfie Mawson. And talking about the Alfie Mawsons as well, I mean, Nico, Rico Henry is an absolute nightmare. Nothing to do with Alfie Mawson at all, but he's been injured. Um, but Josh Clark stepped in at left back on Saturday, and he did all right again at left back, which was, uh, which was quite an interesting um, move there, um, mainly because we didn't really have anybody else to go left back. I mean, we could have put... Um, well, we could have put um, Barbe at left back and, and maybe flipped a few things around. But no, Josh Clark went straight in at left back and it seemed to work for us, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, Josh Clark seems to have come in of age a little bit. He's, he's, he's finding his niche as being more of a utility player where we probably thought he was just going to be an all-out sort of winger speed merchant. Um, he seems to be maturing into a quite an intelligent player and a bit of an all-rounder. He obviously, they obviously trust him to read the game well. Um, they, w- they wouldn't have played him completely out of position if they didn't have confidence in him. Otherwise, they would have chosen someone on the bench to play completely out of position. So um, it's obviously something, well, whether they practice it or not, maybe, maybe they do practice left-backs playing right-back and right-backs playing left-back because it, you know, it's fundamentally the same skill, <laughs> but obviously you're playing on your wrong foot, which isn't always a bad thing. So... Um, just a fair play to Josh Clark, really, because he's, you know, at one stage he, he was looking like he was going to move on, and there wasn't it was there wasn't really a contract there, contract there for him, and now he's he's kind of was almost like a he's almost like an invaluable kind of got a start, and, and and I mean Josh has done really well. What's also quite interesting because I know there's always like jokes about like you know Brentford has signed 47 midfielders and we got 47 midfielders who are going to play. But there's an interesting interchange going on because um, obviously Romain Sawyers, who got a lot of slack last, a lot of flack last season, but he's come in, he's played really well. But all of a sudden, for this game, it was a decision made to drop Sawyers and to play a midfielder of uh, Makochko, Ryan Woods, and Nico Yunaris. And that was maybe played for a particular reason because maybe Dean Smith thought this is what we need to do against the Borough midfield to, to combat them. And they did really well because we ran that midfield absolutely. Um, do you think it's interesting how we might be using the midfield and, and, and flipping it for every game and maybe sort of flipping the midfield according to our opposition, um, the Adult? I think it's interesting. Um, I, I've always thought that the way you, um, the, the way you sort of um, uh, set up in midfield uh, with the current sort of selection of players you've got is interesting because... I think you can, you know, you, essentially, if you're going to play, I mean, let's say three central midfielders, so they're the three that aren't the three attacking players. Um, 
it, it's interesting as to whether you play Soyuz or not because I, I, I'm pretty certain now that we've seen that we have better wide players than Soyuz so Soyuz isn't going to play wide so he has to play really as one of those three or it's difficult for him to get in the side and if he does play as one of those three um, then you're down to two you know, let, let, for all Sawyer's strengths, let's, let's be honest, he's not a tackling midfielder. Um, so then you're down to two midfielders that are going to tackle and win the ball for you. And, some, and in some occasions, we, that might make us light. So, I, you know, I, I suspect the decision at Borough was to put in three players that could, um, that could tackle and win the ball. Um, and, um, and unfortunately, Sawyer's, you know, initially missed out because of that. Um, and, and I think that's just about trying to get the balance right. And I, I think probably for the first time this season, we've got into a game thinking that you know, let's um, let's 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 at least stamp our authority on the game to start with, and um, and be quite strong defensively. Um, but also it can work in your favours because when you do win the ball in midfield, all three of them can play. You know, you know, Makocho, Woods, and Yanaris, they can all play. They don't give the ball away again. Um, as such so it's not that sort of you know they're, they're not coming and stamping on players so so they keep the ball um, it's just a little bit different really slightly different shape probably um, but you know I, I it, you know I, well, what I think about Saturday was that in any other season in, in any other points accumulation um, in the first you know 10 games of the season we would all have been saying what a result that was so the interesting thing about away days I mean it's left field away days like you know like borough proper left field away day you know you only get 300 fans there you know places like p and e you only get 300 400 fans there so not everyone goes but the fact is that when everyone goes there everyone is absolutely potty for it they all get behind the team they're all in a really really good mood and the singing on saturday was tremendous okay there might have only been 300 people there but it was absolutely tremendous and we had a right right laugh and how can you say okay Talk about left-fieldness. There were three songs that came out. I mean, there's loads of songs, but the three songs that came out there, one of them was a rip of a Beastie Boys record, one of them was a rip of a Specials record, and one of them was a rip of an Earth, Wind and Fire record. So that's three proper left-fieldness going there and then. And uh, like I said to you, it it is a proper, proper laugh. And one of the tunes, uh, Goals, 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 as you see, well, it's, it's on the, uh, the Besotted Facebook page. It's also, we tweeted it out. Some people are having a laugh going, oh my God, what is this? But it's one of those you had to be there moments. It's like everyone was there, was having a proper laugh. Then you get into it and everyone, we scored a couple of goals and we were just enjoying ourselves. And then the goal song came out and it just, it, it just made the day. You just understood it. And there's proper, proper jokes. And it's one of those ones where if there was 4,000 of you singing it, jumping up and down going, goals, 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 goals in the first half, goals and out. Uh, half time goals in the second half goals and at full time goals 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 and it's just that one of the things with Beastie Boys rip mate you know what I'm saying it's like not, not, not one of these other things but it's a proper it was the worst Beastie Boys song ever probably though I mean, it wasn't the great Beastie Boys record, but, you know, as we say, it's like, it wasn't the great Beastie Boys record for hip-hop or for pop music, but for football terraces, it, it kind of works really well. Yeah. Um, well, still, my favourite was the Earth, Wind & Fire, I thought. I think, I know it's a rip-off, um, but it, it had legs, and I, I think the Josh McEachran 
song is it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I think we'll hear that one again. I think we'll hear goals again, though. And that was September as well. So I mean, uh, the September by Earth, Wind and Fire, and the Josh McEachran song. How'd it go? Oh, his name is Josh McEachran. Oh, yo, passes in all directions. Oh, yo, he never gives the ball away. One, two, three, four. <laughs> so we've had September by Earth, Wind and Fire. We've had the logical song by Supertramp. Um, it's, these are getting really random, and, I, and, and you're right when you say you go, you go there. There was a Tumani track as well, which was um, Tumani Diagare, Tumani Diagare, which is proper. That was a bit too well, left field. Right, no, <laughs> a- actually left field. I, I, Adam Carey, I hope you're listening to this. There was me and Adam Carey. We tried to get this going at the Abbey Stadium in Cambridge one year, and this was an actual left field track it was O-W-U-S-U that's the way you go Wusu which which was which track by left field is that oh I can't it's gone from my head but that was actually a left field left field track and there was the special tune as well which we tried to get going as well which was uh, some people will know that one out there it was uh, um, Gangsters Gangsters must be done and a lot of people out there like, like, like the specials old school specials tune so the fact that you've got a do 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 just been invited up for the open mic bill that's no they brought the open mic they're all standing around here the open mic is here as well So, but you know that the next away game that they'll probably all crop up is at the PNE game so I'm looking forward to that we're actually getting met off the train at 20 to 10 in the morning for the PNE match as well by one of our PNE well a few of our PNE spars and the day's going to start from there but we'll talk about that a little bit later but listen Borough great laugh not the best not the best result but a good result could have been better but there was an interesting quote at the Borough game we spoke to Brentford director of football Phil Giles we caught him coming down the stairs we had a little chat with him he said Phil would you like to put this on celluloid well it's not celluloid that's camera actually isn't it would you like to put this on acetate (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking to my phone I'm speaking to my phone actually so Phil said yeah I'll speak to your phone so we chatted to him about Brentford and Phil said a very interesting thing he felt that the Brentford team this year is better than the Brentford team last year. We're going to listen to what Phil had to say and we'll see whether or not we agree with him. But we've got Phil Giles here, Director of Football for Brentford. Phil, what was going on on that part today? Um, standard, standard Brentford performance, dominated the game, well, dominated the first hour at least, and uh, gave away probably two chances, two goals. Uh, should have won the game, but, you know, if you keep playing like that, we'll keep on going up the table, no problem at all. Again, we say we go up the table. We're going up the table. We're point. Actually, we're just getting point by point at one the point moment. At the time, yeah, yeah, one point at a time. We'll get a forty-six. Draw yeah. every game. We we'll get yeah. a forty-six and be on the board of relegation. Now we'll win some games. So is that your? Is that your? Uh, you know, is that? Is that the aim to get forty-six points? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just saying before this. Uh, before this, that uh, this is a better team we had last year. By you know, comfortably our better team. I think we're so much better. A better Brentford team. Yeah, better, better, better Brentford team. Yeah, we're better organised off the ball. We give away far fewer chances. We're not as open when we lose the ball. Press well, win the ball back quickly, high up the pitch. That sort of slowed down a little bit. Same half, but obviously players tired, made a couple of changes. Rico going off was a bit of a, a blow, but Josh Clark did well. But uh, you know, it's, it's a good team, and I think um, when the when the forward players start to learn the patterns of play a little bit better and start to find each other with passes, I think it'll be. Uh, I think we'll be. Um, 
hard to beat. I'm going to throw this into the pot though, because last season, obviously, we had Scott Hogan at the beginning of the season who was scoring lots of goals, and then we had Lasse Vibe at the back end of the season that was scoring lots of goals. And at the moment, the goals seem a little bit shy. So you're saying this is a better season, this is a better team. I mean, explain that on an overall perspective from a, from a coaching point of view. So last season, if you watched us last season, we were really good to watch in the second half of the season, less so in the first half of the season. But we were we were scoring goals, but giving away a lot of chances. You know, not just the goals we gave away second half of the season, but also you know, positions on the pitch, openness, you know, the midfield allowing their opponent to run out of centre-backs, you know, uh, chances, obviously, you know, situations like um, Fulham, Mr. Penley, for example, you know, there was, there was opportunities for our opponents to, to beat us in games last season, and then we relied on Hodder, who was, you know, on fire. He, he would, you know, he scored 12 goals between January and the end of the season. That's, you know, for a season, that's 24. You're not going to rely on players to, a midfield player, a wide midfield player, to score 24 goals in a season. So, as a team, organised now, I think we're far better organised, and I think the the fluidity up front will come through the season because you know we've got some new players and they need to settle and adapt and learn the pattern of play. Okay, and I, and I hear this is when I'm, I'm I'm grilling you here because there's an opportunity for us to ask and a lot of fans would ask you, but the fact is that Phil, we, we we've we've only won one match this season. You know what I'm saying? We've played really really well, and the fans and like I said, my uncle is a Leeds fan. He's come there and he and he said to me two seasons ago. Your Brentford fans are really patient because, like, the way that you play, I mean, he said two seasons ago, we smashed Leeds off the park and we couldn't score a goal. And he said, you're just so patient because you go, oh, that's really good, whereas the Leeds fans were, like, be hammering them. Yeah. We're, you know, we're actually, even though you might not see it on social media, we're actually quite a patient set of fans, but we haven't got the results that we, that we feel that we should have gone from our play. Now, why the hell has this not happened? <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's small margins, right? I mean, you go to Villa, Josh Holt, one-on-one, he could have won that game, right? Scores a one-on-one, could have won that game. Rico Henry, he was a penalty game away against Reading. Little Turk penalty, he didn't win that game. So, you know, just very small margins. We could have easily had eight, ten points more, no problem. And I think that would have been more reflective of the play that we'd, you know, our general level of play. Um, it's small margins. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and say that'll yeah, even itself out over the course of the season because it just might not. You know, it just might not even itself out, out over the season because it's not that many games, really. Um, 11's definitely not many games, and 46 still isn't that many games. But uh, you know, we'll just keep on working on it, and I'm sure it'll. Uh, I'm sure it'll come. We, we, I don't want to churlish here, but we obviously let in two goals against uh, um, Borough today, which is a bit unfortunate, and also maybe in a couple of defensive errors. But I haven't heard definitely, but I've heard that um, Birmingham City, with um, half their prevent- Brentford uh, defence, let in six goals today. Is that correct? Um, I'm not saying. Um, is that, is that, we heard the rumour. It was at least three or four, maybe not five or six. Now, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying how does that make you feel, but do you feel... Um, well, Brentford is feels a little bit more solid in defence than maybe the Birmingham defence may be. Uh, well, I think it was the six one, was this? I think was it? Was it? I think it was six one. Was it six one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well. I don't know. That's what you yeah. Rumour, rumour. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not overly bothered. I mean, it'd be nice. If all teams could lose in Division Six one. That would be really nice, wouldn't it? But uh, I'm smiling. But it's because we played well, not because uh, not because Birmingham <laughs> scored. <laughs> 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 no, we're not going to. We're not going to. You cashed in early. I'm not. We're not. We're not paying ten million to get them all back now. That's, that's for sure. So uh, look, it's the way it works, right? We we bring them in, we develop them, we sell them on. They, they want to pay the money. That's great. It helps keeps us. It keeps us the division. Right? We have to sell the players. We have to reinvest the money. That has to pay the wage bill of the players who are out there. And so far, I don't see. I don't see the team getting worse. I see the team's got a bit better this season, but results haven't followed. And um, and hopefully they will. No guarantees, but hopefully they will. So you're saying with a smile on your face, you think you sold at the right time? Um, uh, well, I mean, we sold at the right time in terms of contracts. I mean, you, you, players well, a year ago, you kind of you, you either keep them and you run them down, or you, you or you or you sell them, but. 
you know, I, I, think, I think we do okay in that area on transfers. Okay, it's all good. Let's fill, fill jars. Respect to talk to us as well, and we're gutted. But to be clear, we would rather draw to all with Borough than draw to all with any other team because this is an absolutely great city to come to or great town to come to. We've had a great day. Every time we come here, we have a right laugh. And to be fair, getting one point out of them is better than the last four times or whatever else we've been there, isn't it? Six times, last six times. And yeah, northeast of England, mate. That's the, that's the place to be, isn't it? Well, apparently, <laughs> not that you're from the northeast at no, all, no, are you? No, 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 no. no, 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 no biased. Do, it's nothing to do with me, but I'm having a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Right, last one, Phil. Okay, cheers, mate. Thank you. So Brentford this season are a better team than Brentford last season. Some fighting talk from Phil Giles, interesting talk from Jill Giles, and a conversation amongst the lads here. The Elod. Um, yes, it's, it's interesting. I, I think what we have to say is that we, as supporters, will... Um, we'll, we'll basically make a decision on whether they're a better team than last season basically on points on the board we might go with goals scored and goals against when we make that consideration but essentially it's about points on the board and to some extent about what we see with our naked eye and the way the team are playing um, but if I take that point into account I certainly I suspect for the first three points I've made that we're, we're not better than last season do we look better? Do we, you know, maybe that's arguable. My suspicion is that Phil Giles is looking at statistics that we're not considering. Um, and maybe, you know, those statistics are showing to the management team at Brentford that we are a better team than last season. Um, if they, you know, if, if those statistics are made available, then then that might make more sense to us. But, but you know, I... Phil's entitled to his opinion um, and supporters are entitled to their opinion um, but I suspect he does have some reasonably solid facts to back it up but, in, but there's a couple of things that he says he says that we're better organised we're not giving the, the ball away as much and the team needs to start learning the patterns of play so that they can, you know, so that it'll gel. Kind of like probably what happened last season when, the, you know, or the season before when it was, but the first part of the season we were like all over the place and the second half it needed to click. Well, he's talking about the new players learning the pattern of play and, um, you know, and, and, and probably mostly this is um, Mopay up front who um, at the moment we're not connecting with for whatever reason. Uh, when I say we, I mean the players, I don't mean the supporters. Um, and um, and I'm sure that's what he's referring to. Uh, you know, Makocho, you could possibly you know put in there as well. But most of the other players have been around the squad. Um, Dalsgaard, I suppose, too. But so, so so essentially that you know that's what we're talking about is players learning the pattern of play. Um, and um, and it's interesting, isn't it? You know, people talk about wanting a plan B. What I'm hearing Phil Giles saying is that we've yet to actually get back to playing the plan A as well as we can and should be doing I can, I can buy into it to a certain degree um, I'm, I'm really glad that director of football um, the one we speak to we haven't spoken to Rasmus um, so it's probably good it's probably about time we did sit down with Rasmus and have a chat with him but I'm, I'm glad there's confidence there I'm glad that you know you speak to him and immediately there's, there's no spin you know, it's what he believes um, I think it's kind of um, a statement you make retrospectively. I think if you look back at the season and say we were stronger than the season before, I think what what a lot of fans, including including us, that have, you know that have been up and down the country already this year, 
is um, we're, we're, we're way, way, way away from being the finished article still. So, you know, if you, if you think the finished article was probably us on that really great run um, compared to now, last season, I'd say during that run we're, we're stronger than where we are now. But, um, you know, I, th- I think we need to go on a good run to actually to be, to, to, to kind of like echo that confidence. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't, I'm not saying he's a liar and I'm not saying he's wrong and I'm not saying anything necessarily, but we, we need to see, um, we need to be firing in all cylinders before we can kind of go, yeah, we, we are great. I think, you know, the, the performances have been good. But the, you know we need to get performances and the results, and we did we did have that at times last year. Uh, we, we we haven't got it at the moment. Interestingly, I mean he he seems to talk about how good the team is based on not their build-up play and how they put things together. So the fact that they're very well organised, don't give the ball away, the way they're passing the ball, the way they're getting the ball up there. And he mentioned the fact about the patterns of play and obviously, in effect, the people aren't delivering. Now, the question I'm going to ask you is that he's basing his decision on a full-strength team this year as opposed to a full-strength team last year because this year, last year we had, let's say, Vibe and, you know, Rico Henry in the side. This year, you know, at the moment now we haven't got... Vibe in the side. We haven't got Lasse Henry, you know, um, Lasse Vibe. You've got Henry in the side. So is he talking about the fact that if we are putting this play together, and say for example we've got Lasse Vibe up front, then we would be better than last year because we're doing the things right in the build-up play to actually deliver for this player. Because at the moment, look, look Mopay looks like a cool geezer, but he, he isn't delivering. Whether or not he's getting the service or not, but he's, he's shooting is off, you know. His percentage and all that lot is low, and he's getting used to this league. So, you know, if somebody else was in his place, the chances are that they'd actually be, you know, scoring more goals than him. Yeah, I mean, he's getting used to the patterns of play. To quote Phil Giles, I suppose. Um, I, it's difficult because I, I, my, knowing how the club works, I'm sure they're number crunching, and I. You know, I, some people might just say, you know, Phil's talking um, rubbish because it suits him too. My suspicion is is that he's that they're number crunching and they're seeing something that, you know, us supporters aren't necessarily seeing at the moment. I mean, I don't... I'm not saying that we're... I, I, I'm not even beginning to suggest that we're, you know, steps and steps worse than we, le- worse than we were last season. I'm just saying that I think it's difficult probably for a, a lot of people to understand what Phil's saying when they're looking at the results um, and probably uh, you know a number of people will 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 effectively be laughing at that um, but you know I, I it's not for me to say how they judge you know where where the most. I'm trying to think of some of the words that are used when you're looking at this sort of thing. Um, but you know just how just how effective the team are at the moment. It's um you know it's also difficult because you know we we get to see the game once. Um, you know he, he's got a team of analysts and video technicians and and they sit there and they really do pour over the, the statistics and the analysis and you know this is where they learn. They sit down with the players and they kind of like. Have, work out where they went wrong, what they should have done, they can discuss it. 
they can compare it against exactly the same situations last year. You know, this this isn't a Mickey Mouse operation anymore. This isn't a match of the day. You know, where they, where they, 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 they there is a, a, a team of dedicated people that look and analyse and and, and scrutinise every pass. They've got data and people how far people have run. They've got GPS, GPRS where they were at you know, specific moments and plays and you know it's, it's, a, it's a game of chess that goes on out there and they that, you know so I, I don't doubt that he, he's looked at all of that and he's got, a, he's got a way of evaluating it but you know you counter that with you know we look at it with our own, own eyes once um, we know whether it's you know we played well or not, and then we go and have a couple of pints afterwards. And you know, by the time we get home, you know, we, we don't we don't go through it with a fine tooth comb for three days after the game. Is all I'm saying. And that's not to say that football fans don't know first time. Normally they do, but to, to get into that minute eye of um, exactly how well you're playing, at, you know, in certain situations, we've got no way of knowing. This is I'm just going to come back and there's one final point because what a lot of people will say and a lot of people have turned around when we've thrown out you know like I said we like to put a lot of different opinions out there just to get the conversation going but people come back with this very black and white answer the only thing that matters is the result the only thing that matters is the league table now I'm going to ask you a question is that actually really the truth or is that not the truth because you know it's very it's almost like a really easy shutdown argument to say the only thing that matters is the result. The only thing that matters is the league table. So you could be the best. You could be Barcelona, but you've lost the game, and somebody turns around to you and they've lost to the worst team in the league, but they've lost that game. So it's very easy for you to say the only thing that matters is the result, which it does to a certain extent. But also, doesn't it matter that you're doing the right things? I mean, I'm just throwing this back into the pot. Well, at the end of the season, at the end of the season, all being said and done, the only thing that matters is the results and the league table ultimately because that's what you're judged on. Um, during the season, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I suspect there are teams that have found themselves after 10 games to have been incredibly unlucky. Um, and maybe if they'd have stuck with their, you know, and, and maybe they're at the bottom of the league, sorry, but, but so, so to try and clarify what I'm trying to say, is that they've been incredibly unlucky for 10 games. And then what they try to do is solve the problem by doing something else. And actually what they've done is worse than what they were doing before. And they just carried on that sort of losing, losing thing, rather than actually if they'd have stuck with... And I, and I do kind of buy this, that actually you can be unlucky for a certain number of games. And if you stick with it, things will come OK. But in football, in general, you know, people are, are almost... Is it too scared to do that? Or, you know, managers get sacked and, and, and you know, formations get changed and players get dropped and all that sort of stuff. And... And then you sort of, you know, you find your 20 games and you're in the same position. And at that point, you don't, you sort of forget what was working and what wasn't working and it becomes a bit messy. So in a way, I kind of get, I, I, I do kind of get this thing is that what we've done for the last three years has seen us well, um, keep on doing it. And, you know, I, it's, it's a... It's a brave thing to say and, and, and people talk about wanting a plan B and they want us to lump the ball up and all that stuff. And, and to be honest, there's no evidence um, over the last three years that suggests doing that is going to help us because we haven't done it over the last three years and we've been fine every season. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit naive, but that's kind of the way I feel. I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence instead of dragging my knuckles here and I'm going to say a little bit of both. 
Um, yeah, results obviously do matter. No, you know, I said this. I think I said it last week. None of us go up and down the country to see us lose, but we do go up and down the country to see us entertained. And if we if we can't if we can't win every week, at least we can play well. Um, so it's, it's worrying where you go away and you, you, you lose and you play shit and we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing that so we're, we're halfway there um, and, and you know it's in, you know again I, 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 at, the, at the risk of repeating myself you know the only we, we, if we've learned nothing in the four seasons or the three and a bit seasons we've been at this level is it, it is a nine month season and during that nine month season we will always probably get really brilliant moments hopefully and we'll also get lows and you know if this is our low this season where the results haven't been going well but we've been playing well then I'll live with that for the moment because once it all clicks I, again there's nothing I've seen so far that says anything other than a very very good championship football team and if, if we're mid-table this year then I'll, I'll have to live with it okay so We've chatted a lot about Borough. We've chatted about a lot about other bits and pieces, and we're just going to have a go down the bar, get ourselves a couple of more beers, and then we're just going to talk about a little bit of nonsense, maybe a little bit of European, a little bit of Barcelona, and then we'll wrap it up. So we got our points. Got my point of this is a new one, isn't it? What's this, what's this, what's this called? This is called um, American Fall. The American Fool. I actually had this. American food. No, no, I had, this, I had this at the Globe the other day, and I had to stop drinking it actually because it, it was. I was rocking a little bit because of it. And I know it is only maybe it's a psychological thing, but you know, but, but it's all good. We're having a good laugh here as well. And the Elard has decided to uh, stop drinking the American Fool, and he's on the American Clear stuff. The moonshine, the moonshine, Bill. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he got it from a little hatch. You know, just at the bar, they put a little hatch and the moonshine came out there as well. And obviously he's a very special customer because we got none of that service whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, Rico Henry, we talked about a, bit, a little bit earlier and Rico's going to be out. And uh, we were just discussing here in the break while we're getting the beers in, who exactly is going to be playing instead of Rico Henry? Now, obviously we've had Ilias, who has played in a number of games, or I say a number of games, a few games. He's still an academy player, sorry, a B-team player, which means that he's, he's graduated out of that kind of youth um, team setup, and he's actually, uh, he's actually part of the first team now, but he's still very much part of that youth team setup now. I'm wondering whether or not it's going to be Ilias. Are they going to say, right, we're going to give this to Ilias and we're just going to throw him in there? Or is it going to be Josh Clark? We'll move him over and he's going to be our utility player there. Are we going to move Bielend over there and we'll make do so we can actually play Egan as well in the centre? Or is it going to be um, Barbe? You know, who actually had a, 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 a well, you know, he, score, he scores. He scores for fun. You know what I'm saying? He loves scoring goals at the moment now. The Allard. Um, I'm pretty certain Yunaris has played left back at some point as well. Um, well it might have been charting away, which is probably best forgotten about. Um, so that there are options. Um, the fact that we can't make up our mind which it will be um, is, I would say, that's probably not a good thing. I'd say that's probably a bad thing. 
Um, I think uh, I can have I can have my quick whinge about the the loan system. Um, it's, it's debatable as to whether you would bring Tom Field back, I suppose. But I, I suspect a lot of supporters are thinking that that would be our best option. Um, but I've, my understanding is we can't. I think it's only goalkeepers you can recall. I don't even know if you can do that now uh, until the transfer window reopens. Um, so I suppose what I'm doing here is making my point that. Um, the, really, the the, the the current loan system, which is completely inflexible, um, I made this point about signing players, and I'll now make it about recalling players. Um, I just think that teams like us, teams like Brentford, um, we um, you know we suffer because of it. I've no doubt that you know the, the bigger teams in our league have more than enough cover um, to play at left back, and, um, and 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 aren't in, and aren't in the same position as us. And I just think it's a shame that. The, you know we suffer because of because financially we're not on the same level as the teams that can afford I'm sure well having said I was about to say I'm sure Birmingham have got about three left backs but I think Maxim Collins has been playing there so maybe that's not the case but you you, you get my point in general um, where do I think we go um, I you could make an argument that if Clark played there um, on Saturday um, and we came away with the result that for the minute that position is his um, be interesting to see to see you know what, what we do I, I I do wonder if we end up with a you know with four fit centre backs again whether we do look at uh, maybe um Bieland or Barbe because because essentially there's a lot of teams play four big guys across the across the park at you know at the top of the pitch and and I think if you look at the goals recently, Yanaris again on Saturday, and I'm not I'm not blaming these guys. Um, Henry gives away a penalty against Derby. Um, we suffer for height, and and maybe that's a way of sort of evening the height thing out. Just a thought. We got we're gonna have to we're gonna have to approach this game by game. Um, you know, you're gonna have to evaluate what the opposition is likely to you know give us in terms of threat. I guess we've got Millwall next up. You know, Chelsea's Theoridis. He, he, he's probably worth a punt I, I, I'd say he's nothing again not, nothing I've seen about him so far is, says he's out of his depth I'd, lo- I'd love for him to make that position his own while Henry's out you know I, it's a, I'd be you know another a, a real big plus to come out of this season is that someone from the B team can come on and really establish themselves and um, start to rebuild his career he's come to Brentford after Arsenal um, for one purpose only is that, and that is to get into the first team and to prove that he's you know he, he's not a second rate player and he's not, you know he's very young he's still learning I'd like him to learn in the first team so hopefully that that might happen but as the Allard said you know um, height isn't on his side in that in that department either you know you, you've got um, you've got Dalsgaard on the opposite flank who's you know he's quick and fast and tall and then you know you've got a, you know let's guess what's going to happen it's going to be yeah, your left winger is going to be lobbing it straight into the right hand side in the penalty area and a big centre half is going to be coming across chats and, and trying to trying to trying to score a goal, you can see you can see it now. So maybe against some opposition, he, he will be seen as a bit of a liability. Just want to mention this because I was going through the diary as you're doing. You're just putting in your dates in the diary for the games that you will and will not be going to, and marking them off and making sure that the the other half knows so that you uh, you've got them in the diary before anything else goes in there. And I noticed that. The 17th of February, we're playing Sunderland, which is every year, every season, we always have a designated BG, big game as we call it, unofficially as a BG, the game that everyone decides that they're going to go to. And most people here have never been to Sunderland, and, and most definitely 98% of Bees fans have never been to the Stadium of Light. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been to Roker Park, 
Um, you know, but that was prior. That was 20, 20 odd years ago. You know, it's cool. So to go to Sunderland is a big deal for a lot of Brentford fans, and so a lot of Brentford fans will have earmarked that, like they did Newcastle last season. We took three and a half thousand fans up there. Now. People may or may not know this because I've seen everyone going, yeah, I'm going to go to Sunderland, I'm going to go to Sunderland. Sunderland is on the same day as the FA Cup fifth round. Now, we may laugh about this because you might say, oh, well, we're not going to get to the fifth round, but obviously we've got to rely on the fact that both us and Sunderland are not going to, are going to get knocked out in the third round and the fourth round. So, 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 we, so, we, so we meet in the fifth round. So, this is, so the situation that we've got is that, you know, obviously... Um, the tickets, the train tickets would go on sale around about the 17th of November, and that's when people will always buy up. Three months in advance, you know that Sunderland will probably be about 15, 20 quid, you know, 15 quid each way, say, to Sunderland. So you get 30 quid return, it'll be very cheap. If you buy any later than that, it's going to go to 80, 90, 120, 150 quid return. So you buy it three months in advance. But no one is going to buy tickets three months in advance if you don't know if the game's going to be on. January the game's got to be on you know you don't know 6th of January you don't know we get through to the next round they get through to the next round you don't know and then it gets to the end of January by the time we find out around about the 6th of February it'll be two weeks to go those train fares will be what 120, 140 quid a lot of people will not go to that game making decision two weeks notice because it'll be too expensive right? so just to let you know besotted have tried to do a bit of proactivity and I've been writing to a few of the train companies had a few phone calls recently um, been turned down once by one company already, but still the lights in the fire. But hopefully we might have a bit of news for you. Fingers crossed. If they want to play game, it's, the chances are probably very, very, very slight. But it'd be great if they can actually, you know, do something for the Beast fans so, so that we can actually get up there. What is it you're asking them to do, Bill? I'm just asking to see whether or not they will honour, if we can buy some tickets and we can honour it and see if, you know, if we can come to some sort of a deal. I'm not going to go into too much of the arrangements now because obviously that's, that, is, that is between me, ourselves and them and see how it's going to go. But basically what I want to try and do is to make sure that we can actually try and see if we can actually forward plan a trip to Sunderland without the fear of knowing it's going to cost us at the end of the day. So it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a it's Buying the confidence. Yeah. Buying the confidence. So it's that, and it's a little bit more, there's a bit of negotiation, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of things that will happen there, but we'll see how it goes. But all I'm just going to say to you is just watch this space. It may not happen. Um, I tried it a couple, of, a couple of years ago with, with Borough, when Borough came down, and we managed to get Virgin East Coast, as, the, as they were at the time, to change, to honour um, Borough fans' tickets when they changed the times of the trains to another time, because the, the got moved because of Sky so you just never know you should never say never but as we say to you just watch this space fingers crossed because that is a BG and I'd be really really disappointed if we can't get two two and a half thousand fans up for that game you know what I'm saying so which is all good finally Bobby Booker yeah Bobby Booker he's coming to a pub near us very soon he's coming to the Globe on um, Saturday the 14th of October um, from 12 o'clock so he's going to be there unfiltered he's going to be down there um, talking all things Brentford he's talking about his career making his debut as uh, an 18 year old scoring a hat-trick on his league debut he was there for 10 years he became proper backbone of that team he was he, he became the governor of, of that team along with Terry Evans um, you know I've, I've been doing the big Griffin Park book at the moment and every year that I'm putting photographs in the book there's Bobby Booker he's there and there and there and there he was he comes back again um, he, he's a, a real character lots of stories to tell 
won't pull his punches. Um, he's got manners, but he's got he's got tails, and he knows everyone at Brentford, um, and he and he knows um, all the ins and outs. So get down to the Globe, get onto get onto Beside.com and register for your tickets. But come down. It's, it's just what I say, and you said that it is actually ticket only, even though it's a free event. It's ticket only because the room that we've got is only a limited size room, and a lot of the tickets have gone, so there are actually not that many tickets left. And once the tickets are gone, we can't give any more tickets because the room is only a particular size so like I said to you just get on there get your tickets and then come on down yep so yeah you come down and meet a, a genuine Brentford legend he's got a new book out as well so you can you can buy that if that's what you want get that signed um, so yeah it'll be, it's, a, it's a, another Brentford another besotted social so hopefully we'll see you there Excellent. So listen, this is Besotted Pride of West London social, um, social, he says. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. Pride of West London podcast coming from the, the George, the fourth pub in Chiswick, which is one of my favourite pubs. I like this pub. It's really nice. We're upstairs. We're in the green room and it is fantastic. And at the end of the day, listen, we didn't beat Borough. It's International Week. I'm going to go see England play on Thursday. We might go to non-league day on Saturday. If you go out there, go and check a game of non-league down. Even go down to Dulwich Hamlet. It's a right laugh. And tell me what it's like, because I'm not going. But other than that, the end's fallen out off of non. So I've got no football on Saturday. Ah. No football for Saturday for Lady. But as we say, we are the Brentford fans. As we say, come on. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.